Welcome to MediaPost's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at MediaPost. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. MediaPost has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. Now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Brand Insider. Uh, pharmaceutical advertising is famously cliched. Uh, we're all familiar with the slow motion, happy videos of gleeful folks over the dire side effect narration. Uh, and advertising generally, I think, is suffering from a real slump in creativity and cultural relevance. Uh, we have with us today someone on the brand side who seems to have made it her mission to address this problem. Uh, Patricia Corsi is the Global Chief Marketing Officer and Digital Officer and Chief Information Officer Officer at Bear. That's a lot of hats. Um, she, previously, she had led marketing for Heineken in Mexico and Unilever in the UK. Right now, however, she's focusing on creativity and cultural relevance by forming a creative council of members from other brands and agencies. Uh, and she'll be leading a roundtable on this very topic at Can this month. You know, Patricia, I was raised on earworm jingles, on uh, Where's the Beef, on Bud's Wassup ad, on even on Dove's redefining finding beauty ad. Uh, all of those had some kind of valence in the culture, uh, but I can't cite anything like that in recent years. Uh, first of all, welcome to the uh, Brand Insider. But I'm wondering, uh, for openers, do you agree that advertising generally has been suffering a kind of creativity and relevance gap in recent years? First of all, Steve, thank you very much for having me here. It's great to be uh, with you and talking about creativity, especially uh, one week before we start the, you know, running the the engines for the judge for the jury uh, duty at Cannes, um, and yes, you know, there's a lot of things out there in in terms of articles that you can read about this supposedly creative crisis, uh, and there are things that you know some of the the causes for that is that there is a, a lack of talent, there is lack of diversity in terms of talent in the creative world, but also more and more people are seeing the restrictions as barriers and not as opportunities uh, to really develop things that really connect with the consumer. Um, there is a lot of excitement on new channels, but there is a lot of complexity as well. So if we go back to your point on, you know, remember the jingles, uh, if I go back to when I start my career in marketing um, in the 90s, it was we were very happy if we did four channels, you know, TV, radio, print, and a very good day and out of home. And this was it. So you had a lot of time to focus on the briefing, the paper, and the briefing in the meeting. Now there's so many personas and personification and personalization and targeting and Social media, all those things didn't exist. And, and so now I think the challenge for the creative teams and the marketing and brand teams are much, much bigger. Is uh, part of this, I think that's an interesting point that the fragmentation itself tends to intrude on creativity. Is, are, are the digital channels in particular uh, to blame for this? Because digital channels from the time I started covering them, they've always been aimed at measurability, accountability, performance. Do they drive us all towards that bottom line call to action rather than thinking bigger and broader? 
Oh, Steve, this is a wonderful question. Um, at their worst, yes. I think there is a lot of good things on having measure, measurement in marketing. Again, if we, if we go back to the 90s, half of the big discussions you would have had with your finance partners is how do you prove that this is really driving sales? Mm. What is brand equity? I don't understand how this is calculated. So I think that the, when we talk about precision, programmatic, and the digital channels, we start really narrowing down how do you calculate return on investment? And it's, it's a very different beast than it was in the past. With that said, we know, because this is a fact-based discussion, so being very objective and pragmatic, that 50% of the effectiveness and the impact of any communication with the consumer is the creative content. Mm -hmm. So half of it is being at the right place at the right time, but half of it is the content. Otherwise, you will serve something, maybe cheaper, maybe at the right time to the right person, but it will come here and it will come to one year and it will leave to another year. Mm -hmm. The creativity part is the one that really maximize all the efforts that you do to really get a return on investment. So at its best is wonderful. At its worst, I think it's a plague because then people are just thinking about optimizing numbers mm -hmm. and not putting the consumer at the center. Uh, I want to get into some examples of the ways in which you at Bear are trying to address this with different approaches to creative. But before that, let's talk about the council that you've put together, um, because you're coming at this problem by bringing together a number of members from other brands and agencies. What is this group and what are its goals? How are you going to go about trying to solve it from at least this organizational perspective? Um, very good. So I, I am a big fan of that quote that said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, uh, go together, right? Go with other people. I believe that collaboration is really the way uh, to be the best and the way to really surprise and excite our consumers and deliver better propositions. So this comes from this context. I believe that by being together, we can deliver much better, much better ideas, much better views, propositions. So, I've um, there was there is no creative council in any of the companies in in this industry in consumer health, um, and I put in my head that you know we are not going to go that far if it's just one company doing this, and. Um, and the vision for Bayer um, as a company is health for all and hunger for none. And health for all means that we need to move the whole industry. Mm -hmm. So having a creative council also in part is to inspire the industry to be serving better the people that we represent, right? Because in, in our companies, we represent people from, from uh, different countries, different categories. But all in all, we still are in categories that have very low penetration in the house. If I compare to my past in beer, to my past in, in detergent, where, you know, almost in every household you have a pack of, in, it would be uh, tied in probably in the US um, or area. So it's a very different one. And we need to understand the reasons behind it. And one of the reasons that we have identified is that for a long time, the consumer health companies have been very linked to the traditional pharma mm -hmm. path, to the pharma journey, 
which means most of the communication is done to doctors, to healthcare professionals. There's very little capability building and experience with branding. The US is the only market where you do advertising of pharmaceutical products to uh, consumers and doctors. But even though it's the ones that always get some types of jokes, because there's so many things that to be said at the end, that takes more time than the creative idea per se, right? right? So the idea of the Creative Council came from that, an opportunity for us really to make a dent and really to inspire the, the whole industry. I've been very blessed on having uh, fantastic friends because this is me using my, my credits with my friends to come and join us. Um, this is a voluntary work. We, we do it for the benefit of the industry. And our strategic partners like BBDO, Mullen Law, Analog Folks, Oliver, WPP, which also donate their time um, for us to really disrupt and really transform this industry. We meet every three months. And uh, we also have in this forum, all the representatives of all our four regions, because more than just discuss in a high level, we want to talk to the people that are really implementing those ideas. And we've been doing this for almost two years now uh, with uh, a number of, of very cool initiatives that we have been doing uh, since then. Um, and just to make this a little concrete, when you talk about initiative, I'm, I'm just to, sort of want to connect the dot between having a council and a meeting every three months and act and action. So what exactly what kind of initiative, for example, are we talking about? So, for example, one of our uh, council members is uh, from Google mm -hmm. and we had we chose four strategic pillars and topics that we want to drive change. One of them was data and creativity. And then we had the U.S. team partnering with, um, with the agency and Google on really using data and creativity with the agency BBDO and start applying it in some campaigns instead of just going in the route of doing the return on investment, you know, mm -hmm. dollar per dollar, am I buying this better? Yeah, so you do that plus you do A, B on creativity and you start looking at the data that helps you to improve, transform the type of creativity you're serving. And then you can compare the return on investment of the one without the creative and data touch and mm -hmm. the one with the creative and data touch. So this is one example. Sort of the a, other example- testing is, the whole concept of creative, whether it matters, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and also sometimes we have two ideas on how to approach it and of course the a b test is, is something that is quite uh, fast and quite uh, you know mm -hmm. um simple because you're not testing against competition you're testing against yourself but we really wanted to use the data in that case another example and this is more towards the point that i said that we really want to show and inspire the industry was an initiative that we started in brazil to help bring diversity and a systemic change to the creative industry. Mm -hmm. So together with the, it would be the equivalent of the ANA in the US. There is a, a creative club in Brazil. We partner with them and we are going to serve a couple of our brands briefings to and only people that are in minority group, groups mm -hmm. 
can be on this on these uh, briefings and present work that is going to be judged by the top creatives in Brazil. And then after that, they will get coaching from these top creatives. And additionally to that, they get education and courses in top creative uh, trainings that can be either in Brazil or anywhere else. So we believe that by that, you know, people start building a portfolio and then they were going to be much more competitive, especially for black folks that in Brazil are really not that much represented when you think about creative directors, for example. Um, since you mentioned Brazil, I do want to talk about a couple of specific campaigns and things you've done because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're um, your team forwarded me some examples, some worldwide examples that I really found interesting. One from the Brazilian market, which I know you're intimately familiar with because you're, that, that, those are your origins are Brazil. Uh, but in the Brazilian market, there's a great deal of inhibition around women's health. And you launched a pretty daring initiative, I think, using TikTok called the Vagina Academy. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that. And, and especially were the, was the research behind this that really drove this insight? And, and I'm curious about the role of education as a kind of creative approach to the issue of health marketing. Absolutely. And I love this campaign. It makes me smile and it makes me very proud uh, of, of the team doing that. So first, I love statistics because they help you sometimes to have those aha moments. So some statistics that we got so coming from understanding data and transforming data into insights the first one we got is looking at the time that women spent in front of the shelf for intimate health product it was really fast they were so embarrassed to be seen in front of that shelf that they would pick the first product they find with the flower in it wow yeah. So wow. the chances they will buy something that is not catering for their need was really high number one Number two, uh, there was a research also done in a number of countries where women don't say the word vagina even to their gynecologists. So how you're going to be treated if you're not say the word vagina to the person who studied it their whole you know, professional life uh, in medicine. So we start discovering that this taboo was so big that was really holding women back from making you know the most of their lives because these women were either they were losing work days uh they were getting fired because you know they had no medical justification to not be in they were scratching themselves it was a horrible feeling mm -hmm. so we said we, we must dismystify that yeah so we believe that we have you know we are a brand leader in most of the countries that we compete if we're not number one we are number two so we have the scientific authority to talk about intimate health. But then there is the internal culture as well. So when the idea comes, of course, there is the first reaction of some people saying, this is such a great idea, but can we call it someone else and not vagina? But no, 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 this is exactly the point. That's this is the stopping right. power, right? Right, that's the uh, point. And then you start having, Steve, things that you don't imagine. So, for example, we really, we said, if we want to democratize this, we need to be where women are. And we wanted really to reach women from 15 to 45 years old. Yeah. And we discovered that in Brazil, TikTok was really exploding. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to talk to TikTok and, and it was, they really loved the idea, etc. Then we discovered one problem. The word vagina was censored in TikTok. <laughs> how do you go with the, how do you go with a platform that is called Vagina Academy? Uh, if the word it's censored and, and to, to super credit of the folks in TikTok in Brazil, they uncensored the word. Mm-hmm. And actually, this has been one thing that is happening really that is about education, democratization, right? Breaking the taboo. We just recently saw that in Italy as well, Meta uh, uncensored the word uh, vagina as well, where we are launching Vagina Academy in the version of Italy as well. So these are the things that makes us super excited about our role to, to make this word, you know, not a taboo. Um, I'm going I, to, I, I, want, I want everybody to see this campaign. I'm going to try to, for the, those of you who are listening, listening in, go to Brand Insider newsletter, because I'm going to embed some of that creative so you can take a look. Because the range of creative, you were engaging creators to come at the issue of, of, into, of, of women's health in so many different ways, so many creative approaches that came out. So it really is inspiring. And I think a great example of, uh, of this. So uh, a couple of quick questions. I know we have to let you go, but just off of this campaign, did you get any cultural pushback? Because as you said, there were certain taboos within Brazilian culture uh, that you were addressing here. So is this something that sort of because it was TikTok and highly targeted, it kind of went under the cultural radar, or was it something that had some pushback from different quarters? Um, I think there's always the um, the people that get shocked with these things, and I, I must confess, sometimes this starts the change starts with us, right? So I I was I'm Brazilian. I was raised in Brazil. My family is half Italian. So just to say the word vagina, I think if I was younger, my mother would have washed my mouth with soap. <laughs> so even for me to, to, break, to break out of this hmm, and to put the, the, the hand in front of my mouth to not say the word for me was a, really a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I think it, it helps a lot is that we had a, a TV campaign before the launch of Vagina Academy that was really what made the, the idea even bigger, uh, that was like the, the university of the vagina that was developed by a team of women from JWT. Um, mm-hmm. And when you look at the influencers, they are such a diverse set of influencers. You had people from the LGBT community talking about how does it mean for them, the taboos. You had people from the disability community talking about what does it mean for that. And you had all the shades and, and, and all the types of Brazilian women represented there. Mm-hmm. So I think this gives us a lot of credibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one was trying to patronize or trying to be a professor there. People were talking in a language that was really good for the consumers and, and, and talking about, okay, we know that this is really tough. And mm-hmm. these are the things that we found. So it was very relatable. So um, more than going under the radar, what we saw, because we did that as an experiment, it was a pilot, let me call it in this way. We were, met, we were able to deliver the equivalent of 17,000 classes on women's intimate health education, uh, which I don't think there was any any initiative from the government that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, it really increased our partnership with TikTok. 
and and that was already very strong from things that we have done in Southeast Asia. But also internally for the other countries in the world, because this was not a global campaign. This was a Brazilian test. Mm -hmm. Now we have it in the UK uh, with a spin that really makes sense for the UK. So in the UK, they are really helping to change the educational books. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have it in Italy. And then we have it in Australia. In Australia, it's called the University of Down Under. That is perfect for Australia, right? Uh, it's the Down Under. Uh, everyone says that. So all those things, that people really got it. And yeah. they are now doing their, their own spin. And I think this is the best place for global ideas to be, where you allow for a good platform that is strong and is solid, but there is a lot of tweaks that the local teams can do in the execution. And I'm seeing a lot of beautiful things coming out of that. So at the beginning it was tough, but now actually the amount of engagement is, is overwhelmingly positive. So, okay. I know we have, we have to wrap because I have to let you go, but I want to wrap, bring this back then to where we started. Um, yeah. And that is data, your love of data um, and bring a campaign like that back to data and proof of con- and proof. Um, because I know you've said that science should not be the enemy of creativity. It should be a helper. Um, is creativity a help uh, helping the science? In the end, uh, how did this campaign actually move the needle, either in terms of sales, brand impact? What did it do for you? So the first thing is our, our part, market share participation achieved record numbers. So this was the first thing. So the number of people that before, because, you know, nobody was buying from a brand uh, loyalty point of view. It was whatever I find first that nobody sees me buying. So now women are knowing what they buy and they're, they have already created a really strong bond with this brand that they trust, you know, when they go to the doctor, the doctor recommends, but also mm-hmm. talks in a language that they can understand. So from a sales point of view, really great tops. From a brand equity point of view, that is a great measure for the future. Um, we also achieve record numbers in terms of being a brand that really help women to tackle uh, intimate health taboos and, and solve their problems. So all in all, we have, I think, a great proven case that there is a great connectivity between doing well and doing good or mm-hmm. doing good to do well. And um, but the, I, I, I really want to, to tell you that, Steve, because I think one of the things about brands uh, in, in the past five to 10 years is this a lot of things coming on purpose and purpose. And I'm seeing this at the Cannes Jury Awards as well. So many uh, activations and, and, and cases around purpose. And the best thing that we see around purpose is when something is embedded on that brand. Mm -hmm. I always think that the best way to find a brand purpose is going to the archives, is not trying to find something on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Kanistan, like many other brands we have, um, like Bepantan is another brand that was created to help wounded soldiers in war or our vitamin Cs that was the first synthesized vitamin C to help people that were really struggling with lack of of vitamin, all those things, they are coming out of purpose to help, Mm -hmm. to help people to take ownership of their health. 
And it's especially in the US that has a health system that is expensive. Not everyone can afford that. Having options where you can take proactive care of your health will, will take you a long way. There's a lot of people that cannot lose one day of work. Right. Uh, they are in pain and with lots of crisis, with the opium crisis and the pain crisis, etc. So if we can make a dent on shifting the culture and using creativity to educate, mm -hmm. to transform the reactive behavior to health, to a proactive behavior to health, and doing this in a way that is authentic, genuine, that builds long-lasting relationships, I couldn't be happier. And, and, you know, this is the type of things that we are, we are aiming for. It's, it's a tough target, but we are up for the, the challenge. Patricia Corsi, that's a great, uh, I think a great note to end on. I could talk all day about this topic. I've got loads of other campaigns I'd love to cover with you, but, uh, but thank you so much for your time today. I hope we get some of this creative at some of our upcoming events on health marketing, because I really think uh, it's great for people to see, because it can be very inspiring. Very good. And I will send you a couple of other links for you to put on the newsletter. We have a, okay. a great project in the U.S. called, called Outsideology to right. help parents with their kids. We have one that is wonderful that is called the Worksty Patient. We have discovered, talking about data, we have discovered that coming back to work after COVID, lots of Americans were really stressed about having to go to the toilet in the office. How do we help them? <laughs> So, there's there's research you don't see every day. This, <laughs> is, and, and is this is workplace wonderful. constipation is uh, that's that's yeah that's research that you don't you don't doesn't come across my desk very often. <laughs> and exactly, and this is when I think data is used to you know data reach and insight reach, and if we help three three four five a hundred people to come back to the office without worrying about their constipation. We take this win every single day. So I will I will send you all the links and and uh, hope the folks hopefully the folks that are, are listening to this have the opportunity to watch it out. Patricia Corsi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks for hitting play on Media Post Brand Insider Podcast. We're here each week interviewing marketing executives from large and small, legacy and emerging brands. They share their experiences navigating the challenges of commercial clutter, media distraction, and consumer disinterest. You can also subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter for edited text editions of these Q&As. For this and all of the marketing and media news reporting MediaPost has provided the industry for two decades, head over to MediaPost.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for Brand Insider, you can always reach me, Steve Smith, at steve at MediaPost.com. Until next week, Let's market carefully out there.